You know, like the... Like the... Yeah, but there's also like a horn part to it, isn't it? Isn't it like a fanfare, like Robin Hood? Like... No. Robin Hood! I watched Robin Hood. And they're like... Yesterday. And then the arrows split. And then they're like, that's Robin Hood, get him! And then they chase after Robin Hood. And then at the end it's like... Oh, we're talking about the cartoon. Well, it's pretty much the same, except I switched into the... Every Robin Hood story is pretty much the same. Except the BBC version that I was watching yesterday. But I bet it. I bet in the beginning it had a part where like he disguised himself into a competition. I bet that happens at some point during the show. I don't know. And I've he disguised himself before. in an archery competition and then shoots it and splits the arrow. I bet that happens. Probably. Anyway, I was doing like the trying to do the horns. Anyway, welcome everyone to a uh, our third episode without having a major delay between them. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm Keith. Happy New Year. I'm Rachel. I want to. Uh, I want to start off with a new segment. Another new one. It's called something that we watched on TV that Keith didn't understand why it existed. Ooh. I don't understand why they did like the. Master Chef Celebrities Showdown. Not that it was it, not that it was bad, and I disliked it, but I didn't hear anything about it, and then all of a sudden it was there. This is true. We'd have to see when it actually aired. Because I, uh, I don't think it was just a. Was it like on New Year's? Maybe. Maybe, and it must have been five hours long. Well, the filming of it. I felt like the whole episode. The whole episode seemed long. And then they were like, oh, and by the way, there's one more competition. Oh, wait, there's another competition. No, they did not do that. They told us in the the, the preview what all was going to happen. I know, but like every time like they declare a winner and you're like, oh, it's wrapped up. And then... I know, I feel like they could have made it into a four-episode thing. Yeah, like actually a... actually did an hour for each... Like a four-night event. Mm-hmm. I, I liked know. it because I feel like it's been a really long time since MasterChef has been on. That's true. MasterChef Junior's coming up, though. Right. So they just didn't want us to forget that it was happening. I can't. I can't pull up the the website. It's stuck. Although I do see two days ago there was an article posted on the American Bazaar. That said, Cal Penn wins $25,000 MasterChef Celebrity Showdown for Palestinian refugees. Mm-hmm. That can feed 25... I forget how many said for a year. But it was a lot. Like 100000 for a year or something? It was like some crazy number. It was a two-hour special. Wait a minute. Oh. Maybe it's... A, it must be a whole thing. Leading up to MasterChef Junior. Because this one says MasterChef Celebrity Showdown Monday, January 18th on Fox. But January 18th would be a Wednesday. Is this an old one? No, because those were new kids that we had never seen before. No, but the the thing that I'm reading. Mm. Like it's happened before? Yeah. Mm. So maybe it has happened before. 
Okay, so this one doesn't say when it aired. Uh, oh, airs Monday, January second. Mm. Maybe it's like a new, maybe it's a thing that they do, and we just weren't aware of it last year. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really get it. And my thing is, I didn't hear anything about it. And then, like you pointed out, they had to have like given them some indication of what's going on ahead of time. Oh yeah, because they couldn't have taken the Barber Brothers. <laughs> And from the NFL and the guys from Good Charlotte. Mad the Good Charlotte? Brothers, yeah. The Mad Brothers. Um, and been like, make cream puffs. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, all right, we got this. Like, <laughs> We'll make the pat of shoes. Yeah, I feel like the fact that they're celebrities makes it less likely that they made cream puffs in their life. You know what I mean? Like, Right. There's a chance that the average person has made cream puffs. And then it's... I'm, there's a small chance <laughs> that the average person has made cream puffs. And then you, there's a bigger chance that the average home chef, like who takes it seriously, mm-hmm. has made cream puffs before. But Tiki and Rondé Barber and the Good Charlotte Brothers, the Mad Brothers, whatever their names were, I forget. Say Steve and John. Because <laughs> um, those are people, John Madden, Steve Madden. Probably different people, but it doesn't matter. Um, I feel like they probably haven't made cream puffs. Because hmm. probably somebody cooks for them. Or, or they don't eat cream puffs because they're big burly men. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> um, anyway, um, not a lot happening in the world of trailers. Since we last recorded. Mm. But I did want to go back to one. Because um, I don't know if you've seen it. And you have been... Uh, I mean, you ha- you've you seen the... the um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. But you're familiar with the property. That's the trailer of. Uh, very closely. Uh, were you watching DuckTales on here? I was. Because there's this, there's uh, some channel on here that's like 107 facts about cartoons that they they could do different things, and I I started to watch the Ducktales one, but then I um on my iPad, and then I'm like, no, I want to watch it on the TV because it's like 17 minutes long. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't want to hold an iPad for 17 minutes. Right, and it was neat. Even though TV. you probably have playing a game before. Oh, well, I'm sure, but it was interesting. Um, have you watched this? I have. Oh, you have watched this. Well, let's watch it again. Okay. Have you I ju- watched it? I just watched it now. The live-action Beauty and the Beast. Hello. You can talk. Well, of course he can talk. Hello. Pleased to meet you. The master's not as terrible as he appears. Think of the one thing you've always wanted. Find it in your mind's eye and feel it in your heart. Well, isn't that neat? I didn't realize how closely, mm-hmm. how similar they were. So I'm assuming you want to watch it. Oh, of course. Well, what what are your what are your do you have any thoughts? 
Um, I think it looks amazing and wonderful and beautiful, and I love it. My only thing is, and I know she can't help it, but it's Hermione. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in a castle, she looks like Hermione. She sounds like Hermione. I'm going to have a hard time making her bell. And it's not her fault, because she looks beautiful and wonderful, and like she did an amazing job in it. Mm -hmm. But she's Hermione. Um, I don't necessarily have the exact same problem, but my thing is, like, even though, I guess because I think of her as Hermione, mm -hmm. like, I still think of her as, like, being much younger than she is. Oh, yeah. And she looks very young. Oh, yes. And granted, she's only five or six years younger than us. Mm-hmm. But she's also, like, eight years younger than the guy playing the Beast. Okay. Which I guess isn't, like, a big deal, but it just seems like... Mm. Because just... she looks so so young. Yeah. Because she's 26. Like, it just seems... And she... But she looks like she's, like... 19. <laughs> Yeah, like, maybe, like, 21. Maybe she can buy a drink at a bar is how she looks. Mm -hmm. But. I just imagine that's what Victor Crumb and her relationship would be like in the Harry Potter universe. That he'd be, like, the beast. Okay. <laughs> um, noteworthy. Um, so Dan Stevens plays the beast. Mm -hmm. Who's been in a few things, but most notably... Uh, for some people, most notably, down, downtown, downtown Abbey, <laughs> downtown Abbey from Pittsburgh, downtown. <laughs> well, it's not downtown; it's down. Downton. T yeah, T O N. Down, mm -hmm. town, Downton. Downton. Yes. Downton, but shouldn't it be T I N then? Downton. No. Okay. Because it's English. <laughs> uh, you mean like British? Yeah. Okay. Really? Uh, but he was also Sir Lancelot in Night at the Museum 3. When they go over to England mm -hmm. and Lancelot comes alive. Oh. Yeah, that's him. Oh, I wouldn't have remembered that being him at all. Mm. I like I like Luke Evans. As Gaston? Yes. Who played Dracula in Dracula? Yes, and Bard. And played Char Shaw in Fast and Furious 6, which I don't remember. Yeah, I like him. He's in more than we think he's in, I think. Yeah. He's also in that Girl on the Train movie. Oh. Um, and he's in a short called Fast and Furious Supercharged, which I'm curious about. I've never seen Cogsworth. Is that Gimli? Cogsworth? No. Cogsworth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I thought you'd have a better reaction to Ian McKellen, since you love him so. No, I do love him so. Hugh and McGregor is Lumiere. Yes. And I love him. And Josh Gadden is it. Yes. Kevin Klein, almost recognizable, unrecognizable as her dad. Yes. Maurice. And then there's some other people that I kind of recognize their face. Who's Mrs. Like, Potts, just out of curiosity? Um, Emma Thompson. Okay. And Chip? Um, Nathan Mack. Nah. 
who hasn't really been in Mm-mm. anything. He's just a kid. Yeah. It's not his fault. No. I do, uh, I do. I want to see it. I think it looks beautiful. I just remember my bad memories of seeing Beauty and the Beast as a child at the theater and hiding in the seat. Really? Oh, yes. Because you were scared of the beast? No, I was scared of the wolves. I don't ever actually remember seeing the cartoon. I'm sure I must have as a kid, but I don't ever actually remember seeing it. Yep, I went to the theater. And I didn't realize, watching the comparison, I didn't. I think I always pictured the dark brown, that I guess what were supposed to be horns mm-hmm. on the beast, as ears. So when I watched the trailer, I was like... Beast had horns? Aww. But they're a lot more prominent. Uh, Anyway, uh, this week, we're talking about a movie that you have seen three times now? Yes. And I've seen one and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we might be in agreement, but I have some questions that I think you can help me out with. Ooh. Since you've watched it three times. Yes. Um, Star Trek Beyond. That's Star Wars. I always do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the new one has like a similar thing that it's, I I can't do it. But like whenever like ships are rising out or whatever. Oh. Um, You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Hang on. Star Trek. Trek. Um. Reboot score theme. There, let's try that. You're like whooshing. No, it's like. And then it builds. I say the first thing enough. This part. Uh. Like, whenever the... Whenever the ship does something cool, you're like... Mm, you hear the... Yeah. You know? Like, when it's, like, flying somewhere or, like, saving somebody. Yeah. Or, like, when it lifts up out of the water in the second one or something. I don't know. Um, directed by Justin Lin. Yes. Who is best known for... Three through six of the Fast and Furious series. Mm-hmm. Um, I was convinced he was going to have the Enterprise fly through buildings. From building to building. It did not. It did not, but the alien ships did go crashing through. <laughs> but wait, did... Wait, what was the last one? Fast and... What was the... Was it... F- six. No, or was it seven? Oh. I think we're on eight now. I you're think right. the one with the buildings was eight. Oh, so it wasn't him you're saying. Hang on, let me ask Siri. <laughs> Siri, how many Fast and Furious movies have there been? 
I found five movies matching Fast and the Furious. Well, that's, that's wrong. The, yeah, there's there's more than that. <laughs> that's no, because too fast, too furious. They're not all called fast. No, and they furious. counted. She counted that one though. Oh, um, Fast and Furious. And how about Tokyo? Tokyo Drift. Um, he which he directed. I just want. Google, I just want to know how many there are. Maybe we need Amanda or Amelia or... Amelia Bedelia? No, who's the, who's the Amazon one? Alexa. Alexa. Well, no, I heard that if you ask Alexa about like a movie or something like that, she then goes, would you like to buy it on Amazon or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I know somebody at work got it for Christmas and he's like... So I, I'm kind of figuring out Alexa, but she keeps wanting me to, buy, like, seems to be steering me to buy stuff on the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Furious 7 was the last one. Right, that's the one where you saw Paul Walker And that's the, the one. Car. that's the one where he drives through the buildings. Okay. So Justin Lin, not responsible for that. Oh, okay. The man responsible for that was James Wan. Ah. Who's actually Australian. I mean, he was born in Malaysia, but he's actually Australian. And, funny side note, Justin Lin also directed three episodes of Community. Mm. Um, written by Simon Pegg, who everybody knows, Simon Pegg. That was funny my one guy. complaint. I just felt that Scotty was a little too prominent in it. And I... In the back of my mind, I just keep thinking it's because Simon Pegg wrote it. And, like, I watched deleted scenes, and they were Simon Pegg scenes that were deleted. Like, he was in it more. Hmm. And I'm like, eh. And, I mean, he was very important to the story. Yeah. And, like. But I feel like he was in the other ones a bit, too. The first one. Maybe not the second one as much. Maybe not the second one as much. But in this scenario, like, if I don't... I think they also worked on the story. Somebody else might come up with a story. But I think if... Because there were a couple uncredited ones on IMDb. Um, but, like, if they basically go, okay, we're, we're basically going to, spoiler alert, destroy the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Which is the hallmark of a good Star Trek movie. The Enterprise has to be almost destroyed or, like, incapacitated or something. Because it's not the ship that makes the Enterprise. It is the crew that makes the Enterprise. It's not the ship, it's the people. That's what I just said. I know, I was just condensing it down. Oh. <laughs> it, it needs to fit on the bumper sticker. Oh. Of the Enterprise, right, right, right above the warp drive, it it's says it's a really small bumper. Yeah, it says it's not the ship; it's the it's the people. It's the people. Um, all right, but it it was Simon Pegg and Doug Young, J U N G. But I'm assuming it's like Carl Young, the psychologist, psychi- psychologist. Um, and he wrote a movie called Confidence, which I watched in, it's, I think it's from 2003, it said, which was actually pretty good. Um, and then he worked, he created a TV series called Dark Blue, which I've never heard of before. Anywho. Um, 
So your complaint is too much Scotty? No. Because I love the movie. Okay. I just think because I knew that he, that wrote, he wrote it. it that I felt like he was in it too much. So if he hadn't written it, you wouldn't be like, Scotty's in it too much. Right. It's kind of like when I when I choreograph a show that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I try not to put myself front and center. Mm-hmm. But it ends up happening anyway? It doesn't end up happening. I'm off to the side. Mm. Because I, I feel like if you have a part of the creative creative well, makings of it, you shouldn't put yourself... Here's the thing, though, too. I, I mean, he probably didn't. He had another guy working with him. Right. And Doug could have been like, Simon, Cy, Cy guy, you're putting Scotty too much in it. But my, what I was going to say was, if you have the story, you need Scotty to, like, you engineer do. this stuff. You do. But Jayla kind of engineered everything. She just needed a little help. Yeah, but Scotty's really good with transporters. Mm. You need Scotty for the transporters. Because mm. anytime they're just like, I don't know if the transporters will work, and he's like, ah, I'll make it work. Which is kind of funny, because... So Scotty's like... I think this version of Scotty is way smarter than the other version of Scotty. At least What do you mean in, other version of Scotty? Like original Like Scotty Prime. Okay. Um, in the original series, who was like a crazy, like Scotsman. awesome dude. Yeah. Um, he did a bunch of stuff that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I also want to say he's like missing a finger or something. Um, but he he's a real man's man from what I remember reading about him. Mm. People can look it up on Wikipedia. We won't take that kind of time. Um, what? We won't tell you that kind of time. No, we won't take that kind of time. Oh. Because then I gotta like look it up again and scroll through and find right. out what he did. Um, I should look up his name though. But then it's, it's basically gonna end up being uh, Montgomery Scott. Um, played by James Duhan. Um, Is it Duhan or Duhan? D O O H A N. Uh huh. Um, he served in the Canadian military as infantry and a pilot, seeing combat in Europe during World War II, including the D Day invasion of Normandy. Really? The Canadians fought? In which, yep. Huh. In which he was wounded by gunfire. There's some, I feel like he's like. Uh, just a clip here. Uh, he first saw combat landing at Juneau Beach on D Day, shooting two snipers. He led his men to higher ground through a field of anti-tank mines where they took defensive positions for the night, crossing between command posts at 11.30 that night. He was hit by six rounds fired from a Bren gun by a nervous Canadian sentry. Four in his leg, one in his chest. So he was shot by his own guy. Yeah. And four in his leg, one in his chest, and one through his right middle finger. The bullet to his chest was stopped by a silver cigarette case given to him by his brother. His right middle finger had to be amputated, something he would conceal during his career as an actor. Uh, but he did a lot of, like, crazy stuff. Anyway. Um, because the Scotty, Scotty Prime, in the original series of movies, when they get to... Um, 
what was it? Yeah, not Search for Spock. It was after Search for Spock. Voyage Home? The one with the whales. The whales. And they go there, and he, like, stands in front of a Mac, and he's like, we need you to make transparent aluminum. And the guy's like, just show him the the formula. And he picks up the mouse and speaks into it, and is like, hello, computer. <laughs> hello, computer. And he's just like, just use the keyboard. But, like, Scotty, I feel like, would figure out, this version of Scotty would yeah. know how to use um, a keyboard. Anyway. Um, so I think they could have, like, checked Scotty, but you need Scotty as a good, like, Scotty in this case is a good, like, quick solve for a problem. Oh, yeah. And you totally believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. Way better than Into Darkness, which is basically Wrath of Khan 2. Mm-hmm. Um... This one was much closer, I feel like, to the original one. Like, I, I think the first one I like better than this one. Well, origin ones usually are. Um, no, see, I don't normally like origin mm. ones, because usually origin ones take too long. But it's been a little while since I watched the first one. Yeah. Um, this one, though, really good. Um... A lot of, uh, I don't know, like I was saying, it's good whenever the ship is, like, destroyed or crippled or, like, because normally it's just like, hey, we have this really awesome ship, mm-hmm. and then, like, they when you're, like... They can do anything. It's invincible, but it's yeah. not. But then, like, when the ship's destroyed within the first, like, 20 minutes, you're like, oh, man, like, how are they going to get out of this one? And then they figure it out. So... Here's my question, though. Well, I have a couple questions. All right. The whole thing that sets it up, and this part isn't really like a spoilery kind of thing because it happens really fast. So well, We're just going to spoil this whole thing. So. Right. I know, but I'm just saying if anybody hasn't seen it yet and they want to like tune out at some point. Um, we'll but, see you next episode. <laughs> yeah. But this part isn't really. So the whole thing that sets it up is it starts off. And he's in, they're in their five-year mission, which is, like, the original TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, they, um, they're meeting with these aliens, and they're offering, like, a gift of peace from another race, because they're trying to broker, like, a peace deal, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So he goes, it's this part of a weapon... And, like, in their culture, giving somebody a piece of a weapon shows, like, non-hostility. And then it's, like, a weird thing and whatever happens. And then Kirk goes back to the ship, leaves the piece in a box, and tells Spock to keep it in storage. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't he just give it back to the people that were offering it as a a deal? Well, probably, but he wasn't near them. But if he wasn't near them, then why are they brokering... A, like a deal, like a peace agreement. Like if they're brokering a peace agreement, I feel like they should. The two planets should be in the same system. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like the two races should be close, and then he should just be like, "You just want him to it, put it in his pocket till he gets there." Yeah. Well, here's my thing. So he does that, 
and then tells Spock to put it into storage, and then goes to this base, this like new base for refueling. Well, I'm was his plan to like go back to the other people and then give it back? No. See, I would assume that they would try after they refueled and restocked at Yorktown that they would try to go back to the little little monsters planet again and try it again. Because he did have two of their people on the ship. Oh, I, Kevin. Think, I think he had more. Oh, well, I know Kevin because he doesn't wear pants. But yeah, and then Kevin Kevin shows up at the end of the movie. Um, so but, I would think that they would try to deliver them back after they calmed down a little bit. I guess. I don't know. It just seemed weird. That was the one thing that hung me up. I was like, why doesn't he just give it back to the people? My mind just, my, yeah, I didn't care. And then, and then they go to Yorktown, and then they get attacked, and that starts the whole thing. No, they don't get attacked. They get, well, they do get attacked. They go to Yorktown, and then they go. The they get the girl distress call. Calls, yeah. And then they go through the nebula, mm-hmm. and then they get attacked. Correct. But it just seems like a really long time to hold on to a thing. Like, wouldn't the other race of aliens be like? Hey, it seems like we're still at war with this other race of people, and we don't have our thing anymore. So what's up with that? You know what I mean? So then by the end of the movie, like, does Kirk then have to go back to to the race that we never saw and be like, Hey, remember that thing that you gave me to broker the peace deal? Well, it turns out, and then he has to relay the whole story of the movie. Yes. Back to these people? Well, I'm assuming they'll send someone else since he doesn't have a ship at that point to go do that. Well, I mean, I'm sure he could hop on a ship and and they could take him there. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have command of a ship, but I'm sure they'll, like, put him on a ship for this reason. That's all I'm saying. All right. It just, it was the little flaw of the catalyst thing. It's a similar problem that I have with The Dark Knight Rises. Where, like, everything falls apart for Bruce Wayne because they, like, do the stock exchange thing and then make all these, like, stock deals and then he goes broke. Do you remember that part? No. They're in this Gotham Stock Exchange and they do all that. See, because I don't pay attention to those little beginning things. Because I'm like, whatever. I'm, I... I mean, it wasn't really, it was... Fairly close at the beginning, but not, like, super close. But it was, like, everything that happens from that point on stems from that one thing. But, like, why wouldn't they just be, like, the stock exchange is shut down and any and all trades are suspended? Especially since they know that they hacked into the stock exchange. Anyway. It's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. Um, other than that, though, really liked it. And then the only other thing that I hung up on to is, so the bad guy. Yes. Crawl or whatever. Crawl. Crawl. This is where we ruin everything. Like a really big twist. So if you haven't actually watched it and you want to save the twist, then watch the movie and then come back. Um, so Crawl is the captain of the ship that they find, the Franklin. Correct. Who's actually named for Justin Lin's father, Franklin. Yes. Um, he finds this alien technology that basically turns him into an alien-looking guy so they're not, like, 
oh, it's a human. But gives him immortality, basically, and prolongs his life. Because he has to suck souls out of other out of living people. things. So he basically causes other ships to crash. Mm-hmm. And sucks souls out of the people. Mm-hmm. To, to prolong his life. Mm-hmm. But then, at the very end of the movie, they go back to Yorktown because he's going to, like, destroy it all because he's gone crazy. Um, But he kind of looks like Idris Elba. Yes. Like, he looks mostly human. Why does he, like, suddenly start to look human? Well, because he hasn't sucked the soul out of... That was help keeping him, I think... Well, he wants to look human to fill, fit in with everybody. Yeah, so can he, like, control his look? I would think so. Oh, see, I didn't, I didn't know that. But I don't think we were supposed to know it. It just seemed weird that, like, all of a sudden he was human. Like, if you're on an intergalactic space station with the Federation... Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I don't think he wanted to look human. But he had the the yellow uniform on. He had the Starfleet uniform. Right. To kind of try and blend it. But at the same time, that Federation space station also had aliens on it. Right. So... But then that, there's that scene where, like, the piece of glass flies in front of him and he realizes that, like, he's doing something bad because mm-hmm. he sees his reflection. Mm-hmm. And he sees that he's, like, kind of human and kind of not. Mm-hmm. And it surprises him. So I don't know if he was, like, purposely trying to blend in or if it was a side effect of the thing. That's the one part that I can't ration out. Don't know. And then on the second version of watching it, the other question that I had was, they say that gravity gets all weird when you get to the center of the thing, and they have that of Yorktown, mm-hmm. and they're fighting. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where they're on, like, a top of a, they're on, like, this corner of a building. So this is the side of the building, and Crawl is standing right here. And then, like, Kirk's, like, hanging off the side because gravity's all weird. But then my question was, like, is there anybody, like, in the top of that building? Like, what is their gravity like when they're in the top of the building? Well, it's probably like it is on the Enterprise. The floors and stuff probably have. The grav. Well, the gra- but I thought the gravity was, like, just part of the environment. In the Enterprise? No, in Yorktown. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, I, I don't know how they do it, but it just seemed weird. So I'm like, what's the gravity for, like for the guys on the inside? Like, are, like, are their offices like weird then? If it's like artificial gravity throughout the whole thing, and then because there's like gravity streams and stuff that he rides down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Anyway, well, and then the other thing that I'm still sketchy on is how. Are you sure you like this movie? <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. But I still, I'm still sketchy on how playing Beastie Boys destroys all the ships. Like, just hearing that sound, does it like freak them all out? And then they're like, ah, I can't drive. And then they just start crashing into one another and it's a chain reaction. Is that it? It doesn't actually cause them to blow up, right? It just causes them to crash into each other. I don't know. Because is the frequency directing them where to go? 
like their their little communication. It, it seems to say that they're directing the movements of the ships, of the swarm. So I almost feel like they're on autopilot, unless they would get like bumped out of the swarm. And then they just start crashing into each other. No, I don't even think it would start crashing. I think the frequency just blew them up independently. Like the the frequency just made the ships blow up? Mm-hmm. Because I don't feel like they all would have crashed into each other. I feel like more would have survived. Other than three plus Spock and McCoy. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think they all just would have been like, <laughs> into each other. See, because I was thinking it was like... Have you seen Die Hard 2? No. Yes, yes, I've seen The it. one at the airport. And you know how they, like, hack into, like, the airport thing and they change the ground level to the plane? And then that causes the plane to crash into the ground? Mm. I thought it was kind of like that. Where, like, the frequency that they use to communicate gets overridden by BC Boys and then, like, it makes them fly erratically and then they just start crashing into each other and it's just a chain reaction. Of them blowing up. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's like I love that scene because mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, they're gonna play Beastie Boys," and then they play Beastie Boys, and then everything just starts blowing up. I'm like, "Why is everything blowing up?" I mean, it's awesome. I just don't understand the why. I guess if I had one complaint, and maybe it's just because it's RTV, some of the action was a little too fast that I couldn't see what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, I mean, it was so so fast, like when they were ejecting themselves out in the pods and then the other guys were like coming and like snatching them away. Like, I wasn't realizing at first that that was happening because I couldn't see it because it was so fast until they started, like, telling I, I have that problem, too. I don't think it's our TV, though. Okay. Was it just how fast it was? I think it was just happening real fast. I mean, maybe if you were watching it in the movie theater and it was bigger, mm-hmm. it'd be easier to see. But, like, our TV's not that small. No. It's just not a giant screen. Yeah. Um. So. But it was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And aside from the little things where I'm just like, I don't understand how that happens. Because you're Neil deGrasse Tyson it. Yes. Um, I like it. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's just a, it's one of those just fun movies Yeah, it had watch. a little humor in it. Yeah. Action mm-hmm. against all odds and you're like, oh man. like Tears, you cry a little bit. They don't have the ship. Like, what's going to happen? And then they rally, you know. It's it has a lot. They killed more... off the red shirts. Mm-hmm. Other colors live. It has <laughs> it, it has the feeling a lot of Wrath of Khan too, where like Wrath of Khan, like the ships get, the ship gets damaged, like beyond repair, and they're they have very little to go on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how are they gonna get out of that? Like. Again, that's that's what makes a good Star Trek movie. Because they're like, how would we get out of this? And then they figure it out. Um, the one part that I thought was a little cheesy was when he comes in on the motorcycle. Really? 
like I really liked it, but I was like, but they were just like, oh hey, is this a motorcycle on the Franklin? <laughs> and then he was like, I have an idea, and then that happened. But I liked how it com- combined the motorcycle and then like Jayla's trap mm-hmm. thing, so you could do the walls and stuff. Um, did you read how Jayla got her name? I did. Listen. Do you want to tell that? Yes. They they wanted a female character that was like Jennifer Lawrence in Winterbone. And so when they were writing it, they just kept describing her as J-Law. Well, first they, like in the first couple pages, they had her as Jennifer Lawrence in Winterbone. Right. And then they were shortening it to J-Law. And then it just became J-Law. <laughs> mm-hmm. A couple things that I thought were interesting also that I was reading about. Um, Yorktown was the original name of the Enterprise in Roddenberry's original draft. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that there's a reason? Remember Carol Marcus? Yep. In the second one? The, did you read about the whole reason why she wasn't in it? I started to. I forget, though. The whole thing was like they were writing it and they were like... If we put her in, and she's, like, clearly, because at, at the end of the first one, she's clearly, like, a love interest of Kirk. hmm But if we leave her in there, then it's, like, a whole nother thing that Kirk has to worry about and add another level, and, like, it's too hard to balance all the stories. Because it kind of takes the fo- focus off of him worrying about the crew. hmm And he's more worried about her. And then you have the, the Spock or her story that's kind of the same thing then. And then it's doesn't quite make sense. So they were like, I don't know. We figured we would just kind of maybe have her like off the ship for a little while doing some other mission. Got reassigned temporarily or something. And then maybe she'll come back in the future. But for the purposes of this story, it's easier to not have her in it. I didn't like her anyway. Um... So, and then they decided to make Sulu gay, which wasn't, like, overly, um... It wasn't in your face. Yeah. George Takai was mad, though. Yeah. Takai. Um, and it's kind of funny that, that, because they did it for him, Mm -hmm. but then he was like, that wasn't Roddenberry's intention, Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't do it. Um, but John Cho... Mm-hmm. Um, who plays Sulu uh, went to them and said it was very important that he has an Asian husband that like his husband in the movie be Asian because mm-hmm. it, it, based on like friends that Asian gay friends he had growing up or something like it was like a cultural shame to them and stuff so he just felt that it was very important that his husband be Asian which I thought was nice. But they couldn't find an actor to do it, so they ended up taking one of the writers or something. Like, the guy who plays his husband's not an actor. Oh, really? He was just, like, part of the crew of the movie. Oh, okay. I mean, you don't really see his face. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't really have any lines, either. He doesn't it's just have any like, lines. He just puts his arm around him and walks away. Like, I think, like, very softly you, you hear him say, like, hi or whatever, and, like, that's it. Um, I, didn't, I never realized this, because um, they talked about... 
one of the things I read talked about how um, Zachary Quinto like was was really actually like very upset about Leonard Nimoy dying. So he drew on that for his scenes that had to do mm. with Spock Prime dying. Um, but I didn't realize that Nimoy actually handpicked him to play Spock. Really? Yeah. And then they became friends um, since then. Um, and then there were a lot of like, a lot of the trivia, if you read it, is just a lot of like, this references this, and this references that. Um, like the Kelvin pods that are like the escape pods are J.J. Um, Abrams' grandfather and role model, Harry Kelvin. And that's where they got the name from that from. A lot of names were kind of taken from other things and like other Star Trek things. Um, Episodic because of all the episodes. Of oh, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. That was kind of funny. I like <laughs> that. Um, little things that I liked. Um, and then um, you pointed out that it was nice that um, um, Chekhov had kind of a big role in this one. Oh, yeah. Considering that Anton Yelchin mm-hmm. passed away. So, and they've said that they're not going to replace him. So I'm curious what they're going to do about that. But they well, nobody who what's his, his job's pretty important on the bridge. Well, no. What I mean is they're just not going to make another Chekhov. They're not going to replace him as Chekhov. Mm-hmm. They're just going to have to create a new character have Bobby or something. Sit there yeah. instead. Yeah. Ensign Bobby. Yeah, Ensign Ensign Bobby, and they're not going <laughs> to cast another actor as Chekhov. I mean, um, although they did say I think they um, recut the end so that when Kirk does the toast mm-hmm. to absent friends. The next shot is a shot of him, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. Um, but now, who knows? They could, to kind of explain his absence or whatever in the next movie, CGI him for a scene. Cause they, Paul Walker him. They did that in Paul Walker, but we still haven't seen Rogue One. But a guy that plays, an old actor that plays um, Tarkin in A New Hope, who has since passed, mm-hmm. um, I guess they CGI him onto another actor's face in Rogue One mm-hmm. for a scene. And I think they do something with Princess Leia, too. Now, I don't know if they had Carrie Fisher do it and then just made her look younger like they did mm-hmm. with... Um, Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. Because I didn't want to, like, there's videos now that you can watch of how they did it, but I don't want to watch it because mm-hmm. I don't want to know the scene. But they could do it. And maybe have him in there for one scene and then have him die or, or explain why he leaves or something. Um, but I'm glad they're not going to recast him. Yeah. Because he was awesome as Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Just perfect. Um... Then it is good that he had such a um, a nice part to go out on uh, by happenstance. So, um, yeah, highly recommend it. It's fun. It's better than the second one. I know you were obsessed with Khan. I love Wrath of Khan, but I did not like Star Trek Into Darkness because it was just Wrath of Khan. 
Like, it's basically the same movie. They Except s- they switched the end. They switched the end. They inject triples in there, and they kind of, like, choreograph the end. And you're like, all right, whatever. And then they do that big, dr- quote-unquote, dramatic reveal where they have Cumberbatch in the thing, and he's like, I'm not him. I'm Khan. And, like, everybody's reaction should be like, okay, and that means what? Because they've never encountered Khan in this universe. <laughs> they have no idea who Khan is. <laughs> but he, like, says it, and it's very dramatic, and there's, like, the... And the music, and you're like... That was for the audience. Yeah, it's for it's totally for the <laughs> audience. But, like, Kirk's response should be like, and that means what to me? Mm. Like, okay. But, yeah, it's basically just Wrath of Khan, then. And then I still don't like the part where they have to, like, call Spock Prime to be like up with this con guy and he's like i vowed never to tell you anything about it but let me explain how you defeat con and then they're like all right fine like there were parts i like in that mm-hmm. movie though like simon Pegg having to run the the whole hangar bay on the other ship and he's like hang on captain and he runs down the whole thing <laughs> and he goes this hole is weird <laughs> I don't think you'll fit. And they're like, just do it. All right. And then he has to run the whole way back. Anywho. Join us next time when we'll discuss another movie. Mm, I wonder what it'll be. I don't know. We have a couple movies we have watched that we could discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe we'll watch another movie before then. Maybe. Maybe it'll be an older movie. Ooh. We'll do like a flashback episode. Mm. Or maybe we'll actually go see Rogue One. Probably not. Mm. But Maybe. Um, now that all the weirdos won't be there, who would yeah. spoil it? I bet you somebody's going to be there, though. I mean, there will be somebody in the theater. As long as it's not like our screening of the Avengers, yes. I'm good. With Captain Sweatpants and his friend behind us. I just can't go when there's a lot of people because they, they ruin it for me. Mm-hmm. They take me out of the zone. Other funny thing, J.J. Abrams didn't do this movie because he was doing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Because he did the first two. Oh. And then he was like, I can't do this movie because I'm doing... I wonder if that's why Justin Lin didn't do Fast and Furious 7 or Furious 7, whatever it's called. I think it was Furious, Furious 7. Eight. No, Furious 7. Oh. The one with the buildings. I wonder if he didn't do that oh. one because he was like starting prep work for this one. Because Furious 7 came out before, but he might have been in like pre-production for this movie. I would give up Fast and Furious for Star Trek. Yeah. And they're like, um, you have a choice between Furious 7. And I guess I would give up Star Trek After Star you've Wars. done four of them. I don't know. I love Star Trek, though. But I would probably give it up for Star Wars. Yeah, because I think J.J. Abrams always said he was a bigger Star Wars fan than Star Trek. So I can see why he would give up Star Trek for Star Wars. Speaking of remakes, completely random. Okay. Do you think in our lifetime they will redo the Harry Potters? In our lifetime? Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be old. Maybe, Yeah, maybe when we're old. I don't think it'll happen for quite a while, though. Okay. Um, but see, I don't know. I don't know if they really will. The more likely thing to happen, I feel like... The big commitment. Eight movies. <laughs> I feel like the the more more likely thing that'll happen is they'll 
end up doing what they did with like Star Wars and 30 years later, Continue like 30 up. years in our future, get the original cast back together and do something. Mm-hmm. The epilogue. Yeah. And, and like a new Dark Lord emerges. And then Dark ca- Lord rises. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And then a new like Dark Lord comes out and then they kind of pass it over to the kids mm-hmm. a little bit. So that would make more sense. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't know if they would necessarily redo it, but they might. Maybe when we're very old. Okay. Like on our deathbed, we'll hear the news that they're doing it and they'd be like, all right, let's go now before we have to see it. No, I would want to see it. You'd want to see it? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, just because like there are some scenes that are like with the technology are a little hokey. That'll be probably awesome. Like things really, really like magically appear and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe they just go in and, like, spruce up the originals, though. Because mm-hmm. it's probably all digital effects to begin with. Because mm-hmm. the effects do get better as the movies go on. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just go in and, like, spruce up the first few a little bit. All right. All right. And on that note, thank you for listening. I've been Keith. And I have been Rachel. Roll the credits.